crowd. Wow. All right, excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming. My name is Rob Schwartz. I'm the CEO of this fine agency called TBWA Shia Day right here in the city of New York. And all right, and welcome to the Disruptor Series. So we're really lucky tonight because we have Alana Glazer and Abby Jacobson who are on Broad City. And uh, yeah, we're really lucky to have them. They're, 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 really, they're really incredible. I think one of the things that's amazing about them is that they, uh, they, they obviously had an idea about how to do a show and they didn't wait for uh, NBC or, or, or Netflix to discover them. They just said, screw it, we're gonna do it ourselves. And I think that kind of DIY attitude uh, is really powerful and it's very disruptive. And they've become this force and it's swelling. And they're really on the rise. They have a very popular show uh, on Comedy Central. And one other thing I'll say, which is quite amazing, is that they're, they're young. I mean, they're, they're, they're your age and some age, in some cases they're younger, uh, much younger than me. But one thing that struck me about their program, their show, is that they have mastered so many comedy formats. They've got, you know, slapstick down. They've got observational humor down. They've got the buddy picture down. I mean, mastered. I mean, they're masters of it. So uh, I think it's really powerful that they've done that. Doug's gonna be here, he's gonna interview them, and uh, I think it's gonna be a really special night. So without any further ado, a warm welcome for Abby and for Alana, and Doug, come on out here. Playing us some here. young money. Oh yeah, you want to work here? What a cool office. Okay, we're so happy to see yeah. you here today. I'm trying to use the clicker. I still haven't figured this thing out. Yeah, this is so this nice. Is so and nice. Your office is lovely. You guys do this every day, <laughs> every afternoon. <laughs> every afternoon, we are right here. You guys get a lot of natural light in here. It's delicious. <laughs> delicious. All right, well, welcome to the stage of the Disruptor Series at TBWA, and we are so happy to have you here. And we thank you for coming by. I do want to ask, the first question is, tell us about your day today. What is a day in the life look like <sighs> in this fine March? You wake up at what time? What's I, your alarm clock ringtone? I woke up at 7. Yeah, I was like 7, 7.30. Yeah. I got the default alarm on the iPhone. I'm doing ripples for Ooh. like self-care and mental health. Ripples, you know? Sometimes mine is Beyonce, hold up. And nice. I don't know how or like which times. I think I did said it at some point. Sometimes it's like, hold up, they don't love me. And oh, I, cool. that's what I wake up to. That's yeah. lovely. It's pretty great. Yeah, I like that's that. a good rise and, <laughs> rise and shine song. But, so then um, uh, do you live near each other and then you go to work together or... Uh, kind of tell us what happened. Uh, how, did it, we, we how did it unfold? Yeah. We do live near each other, but we don't, we don't go to work together. We just meet meet at the office, um, we, like the way we, you guys all we meet hold at the office. office. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had a big day today. We um, we are finishing the fifth season writers' room on Thursday, mm -hmm. so we're really at the end, which is where we start to get. Like, like unravel and unraveling and it's been like three months is the writers period, um, and it just ends on this Thursday. That's it's right. It's just us yeah. kind of now, but uh, yesterday and today we did uh, our table reads. Mm -hmm. So we read uh, one through five yesterday, six through ten today, and it's sort of like another round of feedback and it, mm -hmm. to hear the dialogue if stuff um, hits or not, and yeah. It, it was it's heavy, good. you know, it's like just like a lot, the writing period and then you like go through them all and like see what you've done, but it's good because it pushes you to just say it out loud and get some feedback and just let it go a little bit. Well, that's great. So uh, for, to prep for this interview, I did watch uh, 63 interviews on YouTube. You Unbelievably yeah. researched. I, mean, I have researched too much about it. All 40 episodes. Many. Yeah, I know. I can't even believe yeah. that's, that that exists. Some of your body language in some of them wasn't too hot, but you know. <laughs> I'm sure. I could tell the interviews you were like, not, not, not today. Not into it. Not today. <laughs> um, but, uh, this you one, know. I'll do this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> so You'll watch this one back. Yeah. And yeah. be like, whoop. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that part out. Edit that part out. So you have a you uh, have a big community of fans here at uh, TBWA and the maker community. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, how did you know when going back to the beginning? How did you know you were funny? Like, <laughs> because sometimes in the beginning, being funny is annoying or gets you in trouble and is not good. But how did you know that this was your superpower? Uh, was it in you know what age or or kind of where do you where do you realize the aha moment that this is happening? You go ahead. Um, well, I mean, it, there was I had an aha moment as a kid, and then I didn't pursue it for a while. I sort of detoured um, by doing I did fine fine art in college, but mm -hmm. I I do have a moment. It was eighth grade, Conestoga High School. Who's in the house? <laughs> No one. I wasn't even in high school. What am I talking about? In middle school, sorry. So in homeroom, Valley Forge. Okay. Pennsylvania. In Anybody, just the whole state. Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay. okay. There we go. Um, so I don't know if you guys had um, student council. Like, uh, I was a student council representative for my homeroom. Yeah. And you would go to student council meetings like once a month. You'd come back to your homeroom and report on like what's going on in school. And so... I don't know why I did this, but I um, would go to the student council meetings and I would come back the next morning and instead of just reporting, I would do coffee talk from, from SNL, like Mike Myers, Linda Richmond, like reporting what was going on in school as her. And it fucking killed. <laughs> like, it killed. Like I did this. Other homerooms would come over and I was like... I am completely imitating someone else's like bit, but that was the first time I was very supported mm -hmm. in in comedy, and then I didn't do it for ten years, but still, that's cool. Okay. That's I um, my brother and I just grew up making sketch videos. My my family is pretty funny. My parents are funny, and we uh, man, we were just like you know how like some dads are like don't touch my stuff or whatever. Like my dad like got this camera and was like, yeah, y you have it. This is what, you know, we got it for. Um, and we just were like lost in the basement for hours and hours making stupid videos. I remember there was one, the determinator instead of the yeah. terminator. And it was like, you determine, like my brother Elliot was the determinator and he would like make me fart and pick my nose. What else is there, you know, as a kid? Um, <laughs> Oh, yeah. And there was, and also we had like um, two networks. We went from KRAP TV, which actually was my grandfather's network. My grandpa would make sketch videos that we watch now. And we're like, holy shit, it like really runs in the family. And then um, we got a little more serious and changed to GBS, Glazer Broadcasting System. I don't know. Um, yeah. So, so. Then you, so then you went to college. Uh, GBS didn't work out, and then you went to college. GBS folded. It was a merger. And, uh, <laughs> it was a merger. Yeah, Grandpa. NBC acquired them. Yeah. <laughs> KRP acquisition. Uh, and then you went to college, graduated, came to New York City, and then decided to join UCB. Yeah, I moved. Um, I went to a school called MICA in Baltimore. <laughs> New York, New York. Wow, it's an art school. Come on. Advertisers. Anyway, uh, I went there, came up here to actually go to Atlantic Theater mm -hmm. Conservatory, which is a uh, theater school for drama. Okay. Um, and I went for one week. Um, it was just not right for me. It was so heady. And then I found UCB. Um, and I met when I met Alana, you were in college still. That's right. I went to college with the... Um, I thought we were like laughing before about the New York City sounds because um, yeah. they're just constant. Okay, it's uh, in the ground, it's yeah. in the floor, right? Yeah, I have like a jackhammer yeah. underneath <laughs> underneath me. Um, but yeah, I went to NYU um, for psych and child psych. But also, honestly, I couldn't even get into that. I got into like this like general um, studies program because I like went to public school or whatever. You know what I mean? But. Um, but I like kind of went with the goal of doing comedy. So in sophomore year, I started like entering the scene, and that's when I met Abby. Okay, so at UCB, you were there for how long? Kind of walk us through that because you took a different path. So um, for those that don't know, UCB's actually been on the Disruptor series. Oh, uh, cool! Yeah, they came by, did some improv, taught us cool. how to kind of cool. do the whole thing, and. 
uh, some employees were good at it and some not so much, but. Well, it, it, it actually, weirdly, improv takes a lot of practice to kind of work the muscles to be comfortable to mm -hmm. play on the spot. And we met, we both started taking classes around the same time in 2006, um, but we didn't meet until 2007 and we met on this improv practice team, which is what you do uh, you basically pay like again <laughs> to t to form like a practice group at night, like on your own, to try and get better at doing improv, so you can try and work your way up to getting on one of these house teams at UCB, and improv or sketch. Like a house team is like every Tuesday, people they like don't pay. I guess they still even like pay their they coach. They pay their coach. Possibly. It's very money. It's there's a lot of money <laughs> money exchange. Just like happening. everything. Yeah. But um, that's right. But um. So like on Tuesday nights, the students and like kids who wouldn't couldn't get on the house teams would go and watch these, watch the house teams and like study it and take notes and talk about it later. Um, so we couldn't get on those teams and had um, auditioned several times and taken all the classes. Yeah, so we were on this um, <laughs> improv team together called Secret Promise Circle. Yeah, uh, for two years, and that all the while we're, we're both we both have like day jobs that yeah. we don't really care it, about. Um, is it true you were both SEO? You both did search engine yeah, optimization. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Right. Wow, check it out. Yeah, we got we some did. SEO in here. Watch Waiting out. for your web series SEO. SEOs. Um, and then how was that? Did you <laughs> did you enjoy that? That's what drove you back to comedy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean I was just I stumbled into this job. I was these. These two dudes assistants at this tiny little ad firm and they actually worked with Ted. Um, and so I was the person for like eight months that uploaded all the Ted talks. <laughs> so you're welcome. Thank and you. I had to track like all the analytics of like the numbers of how many people were watching it. And uh, that was just, that was their biggest client. Yeah. And like SEO, is that also just social media marketing? I mean, there's some technical people. Because SEO, there, but we'd I'm say like, that's a little different. more tech than what I did. Search yeah. engine optimization. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know, like, how much I optimize. That's like hiding shit, right? That's like kind of where you like, Honestly. you also hide like text in like black text on a black background yeah. so that people Google and like show up on yeah. your site. It's yeah, like Instagram yeah. where you put the text like two miles down. Yeah, on the yeah, post. Right. yeah, yeah. We'll never know it's there. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. Um, I was more like, I created content for this company, Skinceuticals, that was a. Cosmeceuticals brand, a blend of cosmetics and pharmaceuticals, whatever, expensive, expensive cream. Um, but I was their um, social media, like marketing manager and breathed some youth into their brand. Uh, they have great products, by the way. Yeah. So then while you're doing this, you're also doing UCB, or is this when you kind of said, we should do something together. So we, yeah, like kind of everyone in the comedy community has like these day jobs because comedy exists at night when you're not being paid a, for a, it. It's a new jackie around. It, it, it's, it's so good. It's a so new appropriate. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it's a higher pitched jackhammer, so it's nice to get some um, variation on the tone when you're in New York and that's all you hear. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we were working these day jobs while we were doing comedy at night. And we were at those jobs because, or you might have been at the bakery then, because Birdbath Bakery? Oh yeah, hell yeah. Because um, we met by my work in Midtown to talk about the title, which is why I know I was at SkinCeuticals. Yeah, so we had gotten to a certain point where we were like what the fuck? Like, we can't get on these house teams. We were both, like, trying to audition for commercials and just, like, nothing. You, like, you, it's, yep. like, very hard to find any sort of power. Like, there was, like, you feel helpless, kind of. And I think we both, our dynamic was what it is on the show. And we were just like, this is funny. Like, why don't we just make something that is us? The, I'm doing that about the jack. She's talking about the jack I might camera. just be up here. Do you guys hear it back there? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't know either because it's, it's really a lot going on back here. People are trying to escape from the fifth floor is basically what it sounds like. But yeah, we like always talk about like this point that we were like, we want to be able to send our parents a link to our work because it is like, what are you doing every night, all night, spending all your money on? Um, that, like my parents came 
They each came to see Oof. an improv show, and like, like it, it, it can go well, but the statistics of it going well are so low <laughs> that if your parents are coming, it, it, it ain't gonna go well. And even if it goes well, like going well is like means one thing to people who do it versus the audience is always like the audience is like uh, what you know like I honestly like audiences like like short form like whose line better long form it's like for, for the performers but anyway yeah so we got to this point where we were like let's make something more permanent and then we like turned inward and we're like what if it were about us and how, how hard was it to make a web series because I think that's kind of the uh, first step for people that work here or in the creative industry is like, I'm going to make a web series. But in today's market, is it too saturated? Are people like one joke wonders? Because I, part of it's building characters. So do people give it enough time? Or um, hmm. what was your experience? Because it worked, obviously. You got signed and now you're prime time. But what... Uh... It. I mean, it's so bizarre now looking like that web series are such Can a you believe thing. how far it got you? I mean, we started we ma started making it, started talking about it in 2009. So we've been doing this for these two characters, Abby and Alana, for quite a while now. But yeah, it wasn't... Um, I think two, peop two guys we knew from UCB had this web series. Friends? I very don't good friends? Even, no. Nick Ross? Yes. And Tim something. And I don't... And, and they were... It was like... I think it was brand integrated it was like through there was some brand really? thing and it was like what is this cool thing they're doing it was and truly they were like i'm like and that's it like i don't even know what other web series we were like basing it off of web series was like a new vehicle then we did kind of get into a market early actually now that you say it because like it really has changed and there was a time where i was like um i thought that the web series market was too saturated, but I still don't know what's a better option because at least you have a body of work and you um, push yourself to create content and you know, you see something develop over time. I don't really, I don't really think it's too, too saturated because I mean, it's not what it was when we started, but it's also like, I think it's like a, a super valid way to um, make a proof of concept. Totally. Right? But like, it, it oh, was without really Without doing that, I mean, um, going in to pitch a show now, if we pitch something else, um, even just as like producers, and there's, I mean, we had 34 episodes of a web series when we went in to pitch. And it was like, yeah, see, this exists. And now, if you don't have that, it's so much harder to just talk about a character. Right. And, and it's not even like w one of us. And it's like, it's very, it's so much more difficult. And then you are like still finding, like say the show goes, you're still finding it in the first season. Whereas when we came out the gate, it was so like fully baked because we had done that, you know, we had done all this like free work basically. Um, it is, yeah, I think it is still like super useful. Yeah, so you, you had uh, Amy Poehler, she was in your season finale. And you called her back from the UCB uh, ecosystem, and she agreed right. to do it. So that was kind of a defining moment there. She, yeah, she agreed to do the final web webisode. Yep. And then we like really got along when we met her, and um, she was looking to produce uh, some stuff, and we were uh, getting ready to pitch mm -hmm. our show. We had written a pilot, and we're getting ready to pitch just... Um, in summer of 2011, and once we had her on the final webisode, and it clicked, we were like, okay, we're gonna ask her. Sure. But this was, I will just say, this this was like absolutely batshit crazy for us. Like, we had never met Amy. <laughs> like, the theater's not, like, we're not like hanging at the theater with Amy. It was like, <laughs> like Amy, like the, the, the people on house teams, we were like, oh my God. Right, <laughs> You know, it was right. not like normal. <laughs> it was, it was crazy that she even did the web series. We were like telling, like that was, that was like, I, I got I think that was like the craziest email we've got when she agreed to just be in it because that was such a change where it was that validated the whole thing. You know, um, Alana's job on the show deals, deals, deals. 
That's based on Lifebooker. This, I think the company has since folded, but a health and beauty Groupon-like website that our director, one of our writers and main director, Lucia Agnello, had a job there. She got me a job. I got Abby a job. We're all working. Abby and I are writing the web series while we're working we're at like deals, 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 basically. Salons. But um, I was <laughs> I was the only one like left working there. And actually, when we found out that Amy was in the web series, I bravely gave six weeks notice. <laughs> <laughs> but like we like knew that that was like this thing where her agreeing to do it was like okay, this is a change in um, our path, or this is like we've just taken a step. Yeah. So then you went to originally went to FX with the series, right? And then that didn't work, and then the script was purchased by Comedy Central. That's right. So and then what was the uh, defining point where you used your real names? Because you originally had alias names, uh, Evelyn and Carly. So what what yeah, was the big you know, nuts? What, 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 what was the moment where you said, you know, this Evelyn and Carly thing isn't really working? It, it wasn't us. I, we, so on, in the web version, it's Abby and Alana, and when we got the show with FX, we wrote this pilot, and I think we were like, we're gonna differentiate us from them, and we're gonna create these characters. And then our producer, Tony Hernandez, who runs Jax Media, who does like almost every show now, and that's made in New York, he came in like week one that we started working with him. Uh, once we switched to Comedy Central yeah. and got picked up to make a pilot. Yeah. Right. He came into our office and he was like, I just. No, he called us. We were in LA. I thought he came into the office in IAC. I don't know. I thought he called us and we were in LA and driving or something. But anyway. Oh, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. And he <laughs> was like, I really think it should be Abby and Alana. Like, that's what makes the show, that it's like a version of you guys. And we were like, yeah. <laughs> and like we still talk about like would our lives be different if that they were their names, you know? But like it's probably, very confusing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like you kind of it's a constant kind of comparison to these other and to ourselves, too. to ourselves. Like I mean, not to other people. Like are like you're just like them or whatever. But then also to myself, I'm like we keep being like we should write about that in the show. We already did. All right, this happens to me all the time. You know, whatever it is. Yeah. I think that's a natural way, though. It almost makes it more of a documentary. Because right. people feel that they know you. Right. And then how do you write the show so people feel... People that watch the show feel that they legitimately know you yeah, and they are your they friends. <laughs> Again, which is a confusing thing. Yeah. When someone knows your name and walks up to you and they're like, Abby, hey. It's like, hey. Do... <laughs> Did we go to high school together? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, which, it's like also the most flattering thing in the world. Yeah. That's like the ultimate goal to make it feel as natural as it is. And it is that way between us. I think that we try to always, I mean, the show is so heightened. Mm -hmm. It's like, they get into like crazy shit. But at the end of the day, we are trying to monitor the groundedness of at least the friendship part. And like, we do like, just give parts of ourselves, so do our writers, give parts of themselves and their experiences to the show. So it, it feels real because it's really coming from mm -hmm. us and our writers. And how much comedy do you consume uh, off camera and off air? Because you write the show, produce the show, I mean, direct a few episodes this uh, upcoming season, you star in the show, and you have so many different forms of comedy in the show, the buddy comedy, the... Mm -hmm. Uh, physical comedy. So, do you do you consume a lot of comedy to become real students of the game and then reenact that, or because it's a real gift that you're able to mend so many different forms of comedy into one platform? Thank you. That's really yeah. sweet. <laughs> I'm actually like insecure about how little I consume, and lately I'm like trying to watch a thing a night or whatever, watch two things a week or something. I really like it's. Yeah, yeah. Alana's been coming into the office like, I need to like watch TV. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, it's okay that you don't. I'm like, dude, I watched the pilot of The Sopranos. It's like, <laughs> it's 40 years old. You know, what am I talking about? Um, 
So I don't even, like, I watched a lot of comedy as a kid. Yeah. So I feel like so much of my, I, I'm based on, like, it's based on my, like, childhood experiences of watching comedy, but, um, you but I'm, you go see a lot of shows because you got back into stand-up. Yeah, I see, that's right. I see, like, a comedy and stand-up, but, um, but yeah, I, I'm trying to consume just things in general, too, like, just, like, books and movies and dramas sure. and comedies. So how do you position New York? It's really a character in the show, but what part of New York do you go to uh, to get inspired? So if you have writer's block or you need to find a funny bit, do you have a go-to New York spot where you go, hey, we have to go to Beauty and Essex? I don't know, I'm just saying. I think I don't go, I don't go anywhere to get inspired, but I think it's the parts of New York I hate that usually inspire me. Okay. Not hate, I don't hate the subway, but like ride this, I like commute. And that's usually where I get all my ideas are being like smushed into the like gills of a sausage subway car every day that usually get me, you know, flowing with ideas. And, um you also have a good relationship with each other. Obviously, friendship is a, a big part of the show. Uh, you're not really friends? Yeah. You, you're amazing actors. <laughs> That's Oscar award-winning stuff right there. Um, but the female friendship is not so often seen on TV, and I know uh, feminism and, and kind of doing what's right and speaking your truth is part of the DNA of the show. But uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, what you don't like about uh, comedy or Hollywood or just everything that's been going on with the portrayal of kind of uh, us versus them or men versus women or people not being woke. I, th there's just a lot of conversation. Um, I'm a diversity officer, so a lot of the, these conversations kind of all land uh, in one place, and the word has been, become so broad. But what, what, what is kind of your take or in your world? Is there something in particular that stands out or a message that you want to convey about that because it's important and, and now we're in the moment. I don't even have like a response. I just want to like dissect that for a second, which is like um, we were talking about this backstage a little bit, like the wokeness and how um, different brands are like, uh, we we're talking about Lady Doritos backstage. <laughs> like that's literally like. That's what we're really looking to do. Um, <laughs> involved in campaigns like that. It's like, you know, you see these like brand <laughs> upsets when they like don't get it like racially and gender wise, like, you know, whatever the dove thing and the, and the lady Dorito dust or whatever. It's like, what? Um, but I've just been like thinking lately about like feminism as a brand and how it's like both a good and bad thing. You know, I'm glad that it's accessible and I'm glad that it's um, being smoke spoken about. Um, but it's also like our experience is so, you know, when the first season, like we had no idea really that it was gonna be, I mean, I guess we had like from the web series heard people talk about it as a feminist thing, but it, because we weren't trying, it, it's- In a sneak, like someone said, our friend Megan wrote sneak attack. Sneak attack so feminism. So it was like not fully head on. And it's like, not like, um, you know, you're showing, we, we show versus tell. Um, yeah, just, I don't know, just that. I mean, I think, I, yeah, just speaking from our experience, I think it's, um, uh, there. there's not a lot of, um, you know, our, the characters we play are kind of like these knucklehead women uh, that are always like up to shenanigans and, 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 and able to fail and full of flaws and we hope, we lean into those flaws. Um, and that's not, you know, that, Maybe, maybe more now, but that hadn't been like done so much. You know, obviously it had been done before, but I think that that sort of like representation is, was important, and that's like representation is everything. So it's like, yeah, knucklehead women, great, but like all the all the things need to be represented with content creators that are speaking from that sure. point of view. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's like, yeah, this show's so successful because. Not so successful, just successful. It is. But it, it, it is, is because Come it's on. like, oh no, this is just like us like living in New York and writing about our experiences in our early 20s. And it's like all those, the, the um, it it's like, I think everything is about representation and seeing 
all the different types of people and their point of view written by the people with that fucking point of view. Right. Um, yeah, diversity in the writer's room and really with That's the casting. Right. I mean, your and, intro song it, is Latino and Proud, which I think is right, amazing. Right. Which is also maybe a little like, what? But uh, but I do yeah. feel like that song and Latino and Proud like represents New York. It totally New does. York is so like sure. Latino, you know? And like, um, yeah, I, I it, also I wanted to say like writers and even like crew, you know, like having diversity everywhere on set does breathe into the the project um it does also something that's like really frustrates me about this industry and this is going back from like when we originally started so like like when we first pitched the show it was like it can't be on fox we have new girl it can't be on hbo we have girls it, it, it can't well it could fx passed on it because it was they literally said it was too girly the show and it's like there can only be one female show and one on like per white, network. White and I'm girl like, show what too. are we fucking talking about? Yeah, no, it's crazy. What are we doing? And it, it kind of is still like that. It's like, well, Insecure is on HBO. There can't be another show with right. a with a black female lead. It's like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Why? There's like how many, no offense, white dude shows? And they're never compared to each other. There's we were at like, least two. we were <laughs> at least two. We were constantly compared to girls, and we were like, this doesn't happen between workaholics and um, it's always sunny. It's always or sunny. Any other right. show, like, uh, yeah, it's just like, it, yeah. I just uh, want to add something because I like didn't have the thought completed before. The thing about crew being diverse, stuff like lighting, lighting for different skin tones, makeup and hair, like crew, truly is really making there's we've been talking lately about how people like sometimes treat their crew like I don't want to have to talk to the crew it's like what we're both like sort of like camp girls so we like love team building and you know it's just like our our crew like feels like such a a camp it's like a camp thing and it feels like such like family um and also it just really uh you can see it and feel it and hear it in the product that's all yeah, I, you know, it, it all, wh where, where do you think that ends? Because it happens, you know, sometimes with clients or, uh, you know, they don't want to put certain people at because it'll portray a certain point of view. So the default mm -hmm. is kind of, you know, uh, white male mm -hmm. default is the star and, you know, the creator. And then one show or two show more New York noises. Straight white male, yeah. always uh, default. Yeah, straight white male. So uh, where do you think this ends? Or do we just chip away it at one show at a time? Or we just wait it out? Or can we do something, even all of us in here, um, that work with clients and brands and are influencers or makers, you know, what would kind of be your overarching take on changing I, the demographics of television? It's chipping away, you know? Like, as, um, it's, I think it's just a chipping away because it's just a chain of people fighting for something and then it gets stopped, it ends, at the person who ends that, yeah. that um, trying. Doesn't live beyond them. That's right. So it is just a chipping away and a constant, I think, um, perseverance. It, and it is kind of like, um, I think it's okay to constantly be bringing that up. Like right. It should be always brought up. Like we have, um, you know, when we go into pre uh, prep mode, we have all these casting meetings. So like main casting, background casting. And it's like constantly like, like looking at how this can be diverse and like it, with everything, it is a constant conversation. Um, and I think it's like okay to be like be bringing it up. Yeah, and it's like um, appropriate for this time. Hopefully yeah. it won't have to be such a like blatant, you know, but thing in the future, but it, it is at this time. See, when I see you two um, and I watched those episodes, I thought of Venus and Serena Williams because they needed each other and they had to be. <laughs> So, boss. With that, yeah, you, got a, yeah. that you, got, you got some grand slams coming, but. That is it's, so, boss. Oh, yeah. they my God. That, I'm going to ride on that. For, that's going to keep me alive for like a couple months. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you need Thank each you. other, and you also want equality. They, you know, they always say, I'm not the best women tennis players, we are the best tennis players. That's right. And I think the default is always on that Ugh. fact that they're women. So, that's I like so what cool. you're doing for. Uh, you could pick which one's Venus and Serena. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Separately, you also have uh, individual projects that you work on. 
Um, Abby, you have uh, six balloons. Uh, Woo! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Coming out. Collected. So uh, that premiered this uh, recently at South by Southwest, yeah. and uh, maybe you want to talk about it for a little bit. And it's not a comedy, which is you're testing, you're flexing the range, uh, but maybe you could say a few words. It premieres soon on Netflix. Yeah, it comes out on April 6th. It's a drama. <laughs> um, yeah, it's in, it's it was really intense. It's about the opioid epidemic, um, an upper middle class family. It's I, I play um, a sister, and there's a, there's a brother and sister relationship. It's me and Dave Franco, um, and it's the, over the course of one night, uh, and it's sort of the sixth time that he has uh, relapsed on heroin, and it's just such a it's a really intense movie, and. It, um, and I was so, you know, it was scary. I haven't done anything like that before, but I felt like it was such a important thing to be talking about. Um, like where I'm from is like terrible with drug addiction and drug overdoses, and I like knew a lot of people that struggled with that in high school, and so it meant a lot to me. Um, yeah, it, it was a really great experience. I think yeah. it's good. Yeah, I watched it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's like a good little art well, uh, film. We're going to you know? have a screening for it here at the agency. You are? Yep. That's no, you're not. So are you no, really? I'm serious, yeah. Oh, it's really intense. Now I'm nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you want to come back and host the screening, we'll, we'll invite you. I um, mean, you also have a podcast with the MoMA. Oh, yeah, So, yeah, I do. tell us about that, because I... I uh, yeah. You're, you're hanging out and looking at art, maybe was... maybe with or without wine. I can't tell. <laughs> uh, I don't think I had any wine. Um, yeah, it was so incredible. WNYC Studios in MoMA. Um, it's 10 episodes. They're all out. And it was this really incredible thing I did last spring where they let me like behind the scenes of MoMA. Each episode is a different... Um, like sort of body of work, like minimalism or video. And I got to invite friends. And then I also got to meet all these curators and go to the museum when it was closed. It was awesome. Yeah, real life. Yeah, I was like, this is how I want to go to every museum. <laughs> yeah. Not, not happening, but yeah. yeah. That means you made it when you can go to a closed yeah, museum. Like, cool. Yeah, that's big. <laughs> yeah, it was big. <laughs> and you also are an illustrator. So you have two coloring books. Yeah, I have um, these two coloring books I did years and years and years ago. And then last year I did this book called Carry This Book, which is basically just me kind of wanting to draw again. And it, it's um, kind of me fantasizing about what really known people might carry in their bags. You know. Oh, really? Important stuff. Um, yeah, it was really fun. Okay. Um, and Alana, you, uh, one thing you, we talked a little bit about was uh, your passion for uh, policy in this country and humanizing policy. Uh, so maybe you could talk a little bit about uh, that and, and why it means so much to you and what you think we could all do uh, and relate to that. So I like wish I could claim a passion for policy, but actually I, I don't really understand so much how policy is like created and made and affects people. Um, and after the uh, election, um, where the orange man was um, elected. Uh, Can you be more specific? No, uh, <laughs> must I? Um, don't want that name on my lips anymore. But um, so uh, my these two ladies who um, who are friends of mine who work uh, at WeWork are. Um, do you like WeWork? It's cool. They're like high up in a way where I'm like, you are just like business bitches. It's incredible. They're they're really cool. Uh, Glennis and Ruby, my friends. Mm -hmm. um, Is that a term of endearment? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Cool. Um, so we're starting this um, sort of just a conversation. We we initially like thought we were gonna try to make like an app, like a Snapchat app, but um, it's actually right now we're like finding it more valuable to be uh, a conversation and give a platform for. Um, voices. So what we want to do is um, our generator aims to humanize policy through storytelling. So just, you know, when the dreamers were like being discussed and held hostage by our government, um, two camera videos of their experience and how it's affecting them was so much more powerful than reading some article, you know, that's like this policy. I don't even know how that shit works. You know, but when you see how policy actually affects a human being, it makes it so much more important and makes activism feel more just like uh, civic duty, 
is, is really what it is. Um, so we were aiming at this like kind of app for a while and now we're like sort of scaling back and just trying to, you know, we're on Instagram. It's like Instagram already exists. So we're trying to gather videos um, of how uh, policy affects an individual. Speaking of which, if you are so inclined, you should check out the Generator Collective on Instagram and please send us a video where um, we are, the challenge is diversity. You know, like the only people that I can reach are people like us who are probably like-minded. And what we want to kind of do is um, open up that echo chamber. You know, certain algorithms like have made us all like have our polarized beliefs and we're trying to find um, diverse points of view. I have a really good idea. <laughs> Tell me. I'm going to forget about it. Okay, so like what if you guys did this like pop-up stand in like Union Square or like not in I New York I thought you were going to say fucking Utah. No, which could well, should no, be. but it could be like a mobile, like it could be yeah. like a little truck. Because it's hot. Because like you know, guys know StoryCorp. Yes. Which is like the you can go and record any story. You interview someone, it goes into the Library of Congress. That's it's, fucking it's awesome. genius. And, and it so could be like, like a road it's a trip. Truck. It's a road trip. And and then it's like, what is this thing going on in the town square? Right, right. But also you promote it on like social channels, right. and then. They all get uploaded, but it's also like you're in the thing. That's you're fucking in the genius. Town. Look at this girl. I love it. So, Woo! I love that. Abby! You should do that. I'm gonna. I'm going to. Wait, should we help you with that? What can we do to help yeah, like, you with you that? Yeah, like you should do that campaign here. <laughs> um, because we really would like to tell you, is that the um, the Instagram handle was just so we could all add Yeah, the it, Generator really. Collective. Definitely add videos, but also I will be in touch. We're like starting to work with um, MIT Media Labs. They have like this... Media Lab, where they incubate um, programs and stuff. Um, and that's when this guy was like, I have white hair because of software. Don't make software. And I was like, OK, I, I hear, I like honestly hear that. Um, but that's fucking like a dope. That's, yeah. And people and get that, psyched about like that's going genius. in and like, like on their lunch break, they're like, what's going on? I love that. I think, um, I love that. Um, I'll tell the girls. <laughs> yeah, no, because we like to work with uh, a lot of brands, uh, not for profits or people that are moving um, progressive agendas forward. We like to see if we can donate time or assist them where we can. So we cool. would definitely want to be part of that conversation or Love it. come to us to help um, make it better. Love it. It's such a good idea. Bieber. I, oh my gosh, I have been thinking about that. It's like Todd. a regular Sorry, writer's if room we don't here. do it, if I don't say it, if you don't use away. it, you lose it. It'll go away. Yeah. Gotta say. I was all. thinking about Todd. Because he, he, he would go kill on the it. Road. Yeah. Um, you guys got to know Todd. <laughs> uh, but what, I'd love to know how you guys, yeah, what, um, want to be involved. That's what would be cool. on your vision boards for the next two or five years? Like, where do you see uh, yourself in, or, or do you have a vision board at this stage in your career? Or in improv, they tell you to kind of lay out your future, correct? Or That's like a good idea. And also, that, that would be a good practice. I don't, yeah. I've never really had one. Okay, well. Um, hmm. Should we make one? We have markers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a, a vision board, but I and I don't even have like a s specific things exactly that I want to do. But um, I think that like because Broad City has been this constant for like almost almost ten years, um, the yeah. other things that I'm looking to do and I'm really trying to just go for them are all really terrifying mm -hmm. that's like the through line mm -hmm. where it's like outside my comfort zone really i want to try different things and it's crazy that i have the opportunity to just do like the drama i'm like what am i doing mm -hmm. but um it, like that's kind of part of the decision which mm -hmm. is like okay is this different does this really scare me in a good way okay let's yeah. do it that's good advice yeah i love that you can do, you do it too. I'm like everything. I'm like very, uh, very anxious person. I'm like everything terrifies me. So <laughs> then like, you're on the right. I'm right track. on the right track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like I have like a bunch of projects that um, two years is actually recently. I've been like that's like a graspable amount of time. I'm not gonna do like a show like this again. You know, for like a while or ever. It'll never be like this. Um, so two years, like I see sort of like a host of projects being completed. Um, so that's that's all. But they all terrify me. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, we should take a couple questions from the audience and then uh, wrap this up. So we have maybe one or two questions from uh, someone. Uh, yes, my man in the back. Hi. Uh, so I always daydream about this like time, maybe one day. So I'm curious to hear how it was for you. What was it like the very first day that you stepped either into the writer's room or on set when this was your show? What was mm -hmm. it going through your mind? I remember the pilot, shooting the pilot was like the first time we waited a while after the pilot to hear about being picked up. And it was, you know, it's funny. It's like, I want to say it was like a set. It was a set. <laughs> but it's, it was almost like a set for my real experience where I'm like, these people are like putting up lights and, you know, walking around and somebody's coming up to me and like, you know, it was like, it was surreal. Um, but it was also, you know, the fact that Abby and I had, had done this at such a small, at, at a smaller scale, like grounded it, you know, where we were like, she was there and I was like, no, this is actually very real. I think for me, weirdly, because we did the table reads today, uh, the table read. Right. I remember um, a lot of the cast right. on the show were, were people we came up in with comedy. Uh, so we knew them, like Gemberling, who plays Bevers, is like, we've known forever. Hannibal, we knew. <laughs> Bevers, yes. come on, he's amazing. I was amazing. like, are you here, Gemberling? What? I know, I know. <laughs> <gasps> That's but so like funny. all those guys, Gavis like Paul, who plays Trey, like like Gethard, all those those people, like we knew forever. But um, Jaime Arturo was like he auditioned, and that was mm. like, I, I, like for some reason, like uh, like auditioning and finding someone that was like so integral in the show of like this new version of the show, and then doing a table read with those people and hearing people say the the words that we were, it was like so foreign to how we operated on the web series where it was so run like run and gun and like stealing shots around the city and that was this was like this is new this is nuts let's not fuck it up <laughs> that, that that's how i felt i think wow that yeah that table read it, it was almost like this quiet that had been this we space like, that had been made for us for like yeah. quiet that we hadn't had before and it was everyone's new first thing. It was like really felt like the our the community was like, holy shit, they like got a show. This right. is crazy. Right. Even like Tony, who we're talking about, the producer, Jack's Media, who does all these shows, like this was like one of their first big shows. Like not it wasn't big, it was like one of their first shows. Right. It felt like we were all like, just let's not right. fuck it up. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> One more. Uh. Um, so obviously you guys have read from the truth and everything, but as your success grows and your like experiences kind of change, how did you like stay tapped into maybe like a different version of yourselves and not like lose sight of that like type of character that you're kind of playing? Um, well, I guess like part of it is, you know, keeping, um, growing in your individual life and reflecting on it and making new friends, making new stuff. Um, but I don't know, us like staying true to ourselves, I feel like, you know, it's like, um, we almost have gotten to know ourselves better through Broad City. So I've been like learning who I am more through Broad City and I hope to always do that with my art. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's kind of been a push and pull with us. We're like, they are so different from us. <laughs> they could not be farther from us. And yeah. then it's like, it's, they're us. <laughs> they're us. Um, but I think we, we kind of started really realizing it's, it's us, but we're older than them. Like, we play younger on the show. But also they're, like, um, like on the, I'm going to... Can I? Well, we're just like, as no, they're four years younger than we are. That's whatever. What am I fucking talking about? Four years younger than we are. I'm gonna root. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I know what you were gonna say. And it's not even that big. Even that I'm big. gonna root. Nothing, Mike. <laughs> Feel what? 
my my age on the show. Anyway, they're thirty. They're, they're four years younger than us on the show, but oh they gosh. they feel more like it's always been like early twenties because yeah. it was once we got the show. We're like running yeah. a show, yeah. which is right. so different than what they're doing. So it's always been kind of like the mentality is like we have to tap into like early twenties. Because we got when we sold the show, I was twenty seven when we sold the show. I was twenty four. Yeah, so like that's that's crazy. Yes, it is. That's now that nuts. I'm thirty one, I'm like, huh? Twenty four year olds are. You're not thirty one yet. I'm thirty one in Who April. Rounds up. Why are my you mother, rounding up? We're morbid. My family oh my round God. up. We're like, rounding it's over. Up? I'm thirty one. No. I'm thirty. I'm thirty. I'm thirty. I'm thirty. Uh, I'm thirty. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's been. It, we have like had to pro. Like I've definitely processed myself way more because it's like. Oh, like what do? Also, it's so rare to get this platform. It is like I want to write about what I'm going right. through, and and you have to because otherwise it's like shitty. Like in this, in terms of diversity, you know, like, yeah, like it's kind of your duty as an artist to share your experience because that's really what you authentically have. And also, as the show has gone on, the platform has become more distinct from us. I guess the show has gotten bigger than just the two of us and our experience. So we, we also like put, have increasingly put like society commentary on the show and on the characters. So that is how it's different from us right. too. It's kind of just because we couldn't stop thinking about it and talking about it in real life though. Right. Yeah. Yeah, just like in real life politics and comedy and society is all kind of lumped up together. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, well, we want to uh, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you all. Thanks. Thank you, guys. It is your is time so and your moment. Now, I have a... Uh, it's only the beginning, Venus and Serena. It's only the beginning. I saw but I, I, this. I made these... We got these dollar bills with your face on it, man. That so. is really There's cute. There's no women on that money, so we had to at least... Thank you so and much. And we got that some is for you so right cute. here. Oops. Oh, there's your money. That is so cute. Thank you. So we just uh, wanted to thank you so much for coming here today and uh, being a part of our Disruptor series. We're going to screen your movie. So We're going to spend your money. And a, uh, any, any last moments. advice or, or comments before we, before we uh, send you off to dinner? Oh, uh, advice? Yeah, anything. One tweetable moment for the audience. Uh. Perfect. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> You've been listening to the Disruptor Series podcast brought to you by TBWA Shy Day New York. Craving more disruption? Visit us at tbwashyatny.tumblr.com. <laughs>